Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we are starting a brand new sermon series called Legacy, and I'm so excited for this series. And I'm not sure if it's hit you yet, but... We're officially in the holiday season. I'm telling you, it's here. There is eggnog right now in my fridge. The tree is up. Gifts are starting to pop up. We're shopping online this year, but it is the holiday season. And in this season, what I found is that it's so easy to make everything about what we can get. But in this series, we want to focus on not what we can get, but what we can give and how we can leave a legacy. And here's my definition of legacy, and it's just simply this. It's where my life outlives me. That is leaving a legacy. It's when your life outlives you. And here's our theme verse for this series. In Psalm 112, verse five and six, it says, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs with justice. And don't miss this next part. It says, surely the righteous, those that have been made right by God, surely those that are righteous, get this, will never be shaken. Now that amazes me because here's what I know. Right now in 2020, with everything that's happening in our lives, there's a whole lot of shaking that is going on. Like with things that are happening in the world, turn on the news and you'll see shaking. Open your social media feed. You'll see some shaking that's happening right now in our world. And that's on top of all the things that are happening in our personal life. And the truth of this scripture is that even with all that shaking, get this, you can be unshakable. Like you really can. Like we can live our lives in a way where no matter all the shaking that's happened, we can remain unshakable. And here's how, and here's how, is that we have to have something bigger in our life than the shaking. Meaning, I think that is the way that you actually have, that's how you get through your problems, is you got to have something bigger than your problems. That when all the shaking is happening, there's something that's bigger in your life than the shaking, and that those people that will remain unshaken. This verse says this last part, and I love this. It's where we get the name of this series. They will be remembered forever. They will leave a legacy. And I don't know about you today, but I want my life to leave a legacy. I want your life to leave a legacy. I want our church to leave a legacy. And these verses don't tell us that not only do they tell us that it's possible, it tells us actually how to leave a legacy. And I see two things when I see that. I see that we can leave a legacy by two things. Write these down. One is giving to something that will outlive us. That that is a way that we can leave a legacy. It says those that are generous and lend freely giving to something that will outlive us, and then number two, living in a way that will outlive us. Those are the two ways. In other words, we leave a legacy by how we give and by how we live. Let me put it this way. Um, Imagine that this rope just goes on forever. It just continues through those curtains and just keeps going forever. 
And this represents your life. This red part represents your time here on earth. And if you do a quick little study of the average life expectancy in the United States right now, it's a little bit over 78 years old. So imagine that this little red piece of tape on the end of this long rope represents your time on earth. And in James chapter 4, it actually puts those 78 years into perspective. This is what James chapter 4 verse 14 says. It says, what is your life? What is the red part of the rope? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. See, another translation says, not only is it a mist, that, it, that it's like the morning fog. It says it's like a vapor. Another scripture says that your life is the width of your hand. That it's a passing shadow that's here today and gone tomorrow. In other words, you need to know that the truth, when we look at all of time, that our life here on earth is short. And I think we've been reminded of that in 2020, maybe more than any other time of our lives. I know I've been reminded of that. That in 2020, I'm telling you, we've been reminded that life is short. And right here, that represents our time, our life here on earth. But the truth is, there's more to this life than this life. And that there's their time on earth, but then there's all the time that's left in eternity. Now, my, I'm a pastor. My number one job is to be a shepherd and to lead you through life. Not just this part of this life, but this part of this life. And that there is way more to this part of this life than this. And listen to what Charles Spurgeon says. He's a, he's a famous preacher, theologian. Listen to what he says. He says, unless... We purposely live right here with a view to the next world. We cannot make much of our present existence. And then modern day theologian Tim McGraw, he puts it this way. He says, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying, like tomorrow was a gift and you've got eternity to think about. What did I do with it? Come on, somebody. Come on, that theologian, Tim McGraw. Isn't that good? Now, here's the big idea of this series. If you want to know what this series is all about, what we're talking about, this is what we're talking about. The goal isn't to live on earth forever, but to leave something that does. That is what legacy life is all about. That the goal isn't to live on earth forever. It's not to just stay on that red part of that rope. But it's to leave something that does. So please hear me loud and clear. This is not a money series. This is a series about making a difference. And it's very different. Because two weeks from today, we're going to have an opportunity to really tangibly walk this out. On Sunday, December 13th, we will end this entire series with our annual legacy offering. If you're new around here, this is a special offering that we do once a year over and above your normal giving. But here's what makes it special. We give 100% of everything that's given on that day away. 100%. It goes out our doors. Normally, we do at least 10%. But right now, for, for that day, it's going to be 100% of everything that's given. It's our one special offering a year. 
And, and, here, and God has opened up so many incredible doors, not only in our city, but in our nation, in our world. And I want to take some time over the next few weeks to tell you about some of these amazing generosity opportunities that God has opened up for us through this legacy offering. One of those is that we're working with Withrow High School to provide Christmas for 20 families in our city that would not be able to have Christmas without this. And each family has an average of four kids. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take some of this that's given on that day, and we're going to buy Christmas presents. Like, we're going to buy two different Christmas presents and a Bible for every single kid in every single family. And we're also going to be working with other local organizations and ministries that are in our city that are right now making a difference. And here's the amazing thing. Right now, they don't have a clue. Like we haven't told them, they don't know it's coming, but after that offering, what we're going to do is we're going to stroke a check and then we're going to go put it on their counter and say, on behalf of the amazing, generous people of Queen City Church, we just want you to know that we are so grateful for you and that you make our city better and brighter. And we're going to get to do that. What an amazing generosity opportunity. We're also going to be um, helping out with some future church planters. Now, let me just make sure that you know this, that we're always supporting church planting. Every single month, that part of your giving, it goes towards ARC, which is the Association of Related Churches. It's an amazing world-class church planting organization that we actually planted our church um, through. And so every single month we give to ARC. And I'm telling you, God has done some amazing things in 2020 through ARC. And I wanted to show this graphic to you because they sent it to me and I want to make sure you see how your generosity is making a difference through ARC. So in this year, during a global pandemic in 2020, ARC planted, get this, 57 churches, brand new churches, 57 churches, 35 that are meeting in person and 22 that are meeting online. And that brings the total amount of art churches that have been planted to 911. And out of those 57 churches, the launch day attendance of those 57 churches was, get this, 11,767 people with even better than just people that are filling auditoriums and jumping online. Just in launch day alone of those churches, there was 522 salvations, 522 people that made the decision to follow Jesus. And church, I want you to know that that does not happen without your generosity. That whenever you give and we're able to take that and help support all these different church planters through ARC, I'm telling you, you are a part of that. You may not have been there at launch Sunday and seen what happened, but I'm telling you, your generosity went there. And so today... If you are here and you came prepared to give or you would like to give, we'd love to give you that opportunity. And that's really what it is. It's an opportunity. And they're going to put the ways that you can give today on the screen. Feel no pressure. We really have this value that generosity is our privilege. But I want to make sure that you know that your generosity is making a difference and it's leading to real changed lives. It is leading to 522 launch day salvations at 57 churches that are planted. And so on top of our normal giving that we do every single month to church planning, we're also going to give even more during this legacy offering to specific church planters that are crazy enough to plant churches in 2021. 
these church planters that have a dream in their heart, we're going to pick a few of them out, and we're going to say, we're going to give you even more than what we give on a regular basis. And last year, we got to do that with six different church planters. All six I have relationship with. All six are friends. And uh, really cool. And they all planted churches in 2020. During a global pandemic, they were all able to start churches and from Colorado to Pittsburgh to Arizona to Kansas and to Puerto Rico. And this year, in those six churches, I contacted them this week and asked them, and in those six churches that we helped out with last year's legacy offering, even in the middle of a pandemic, those churches have seen 330 people make the decision to follow Jesus. I'm telling you, God's opened up so many amazing doors for us to be generous. And there's even more. And I'm going to tell you more next week, but I, I, got, I got to jump into the message today. Uh, but here's why we tell you this in advance. Uh, we don't spring it on you last minute. We don't throw a sappy video on and tug at your heartstrings and be like, okay, now it's time for you to give. We're not doing that. We're telling you far in advance. And even on the day, we're not going to make a big, massive deal about it. Because here's what I want you to do. Church, I encourage you that if you call this church home, especially, pray. Pray. Ask God the next two weeks if and what you should give. And then just simply obey him. Do what he ever tells you to do. And here's what we believe is that when we do that, God's going to take our collective generosity and it's going to leave a legacy that far outlives any of us individually. And so I'm so excited. Now, today, I want to start this legacy series with a message that I've entitled, write this down, the two-question test. The two-question test. And I want you to uh, think back to when you were in school. Think back. Some of you, you don't have to think very long. Maybe you're there right now. But maybe for some of you, you got to think a little bit, got to jump back in the time machine and think about, I want you to think about when you were in school. How many of you, just by show of hands, even at home, participate in the chat, how many of you liked taking tests? Come on, how many of you weirdos like taking tests? Just raise it up real high. Be proud of your great academic achievements and just, I, yeah. There's many of you that, that like taking tests. Now, here's a question we can all answer. What was your favorite type of test? Think about it. Like, because there's all different types of tests. What was your favorite? If you're in the chat, just go ahead and put the one. Maybe it's multiple choice. You loved seeing that there was an answer. One of those answers were right. It's A, B, C, or D. And when you don't know, what do you answer? C. C. Of course, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And, um, and so there's multiple. How many of you like, like, man, I love the true and false because take it from four, give it to two. I got a 50-50 shot of getting this bad boy right. And some of you, maybe you like essay questions. I don't know why because that was hard uh, for me because there was no concrete right answer. Maybe that's why you liked it because you could just use your gift of articulation to try to sound right even though you don't know if you were right. Um, how many of you just like, like, you love to fill in the blank, like fill in the blank, that was it, that was my jam, but what about this? What about fill in the blank with a word bank? Oh, God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. When you saw that word bank, you were excited. But my favorite type of test was when the teacher would not only give you the answers in advance, because I think that's the job of a teacher, is to like, here, teach you these things. Not only would they give you the answers in advance, I loved when they gave us the questions to the test in advance. And that's what I want to do today. 
I don't just want to give you the answer. I want to also give you the two questions of the most important test that you and I are ever going to take. Because there's going to be a day where every single one of us, where all of us are going to be standing before God. That day is coming. There's going to be a day where this part of our life is going to stop. And this part of our life is going to begin. There's going to be a day for every single one of us, regardless of what we believe, regardless of how we behave, no matter what's happening in our life, no matter who you are, that day is coming. And on that day, when that day happens, there will be a test. And Romans chapter 14 puts it this way in verse 10 through 12. It says, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For here's what we got to understand. We will all stand before God's judgment seat. And then he goes on to say, it is written. And he quotes Isaiah 45 from the Old Testament. He says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us, all of us, no matter who we are, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Now, I don't know what that day is going to look like. I don't know if there's just going to be a big, long, single file line that all of us will stand in and we'll just slowly walk our way forward. I don't know if that's what that's going to be or whether there's going to be this large waiting room where we're all going to be sitting in there. And then all of a sudden over the loudspeaker, it's going to be, uh, Brian Cromer, Brian Cromer, you are ready now for your judgment. You know, I do not know. If that's what it's going to be, I don't know what that day is going to look like. But I do know that on that day, you're going to be asked some questions. That there's going to be a test. And you're going to be asked two questions. And here's the first question that you're going to be asked. Question number one, you will be asked, what did you do with Jesus? And this is the most important question. What did you do with Jesus? The theological term, if you like to write down some things like that, is known as the, the great white throne judgment. And every single person will experience this. And this question determines where you spend eternity. And Revelation chapter 20 talks about this in verse 11 and 12. It says this, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And, get this, books were opened. Another book was open, which is the book of life. I'll explain that in just a moment. It says the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And then it goes on to say in verse 15, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So notice the books. It says first that these books were opened and then that the book, the book of life, was open. So I want you to imagine the books is like a massive bookshelf that is right beside me. And this massive bookshelf full of books have everything that you've ever done. And so there's these books 
that are recording your entire life, the good parts, the bad parts, the ugly parts, including every single sin and mistake that you and I will ever make. And here's why it's so important to know that they will also have every bit of sin in there. Because the Bible says that our sin, that is going to be in these books, that our sin, and by the way, we all sin. Every single one of us, I do, you do, every person in this room does, every person that's watching online, the Bible says that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And it says that because the Bible says that our sin, it creates a debt that has to be paid. In other words, that our sins have to be paid for. And so please understand that when you read such a hard to swallow verse, like verse 15, that says those that are names are, are in there, like they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire because it's like, ah, oh, like what does, that, what does that mean? That's hard for me to understand. Please understand that hell is not a place that God sends people that he's mad at or that he's frustrated at. Hell is a place where people have to pay for their own sins. But listen, you don't have to pay for your own sins because they've already been paid for. The good news of the gospel says that God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay for your sins and to pay off your debt. But you still have to receive it. You still have to receive it by saying yes to Jesus, by receiving his grace, his love, his forgiveness, and by giving him your life. And when you do that, get this. That all the books that have all the things that are written in your life, when that happens, God takes an eraser and he erases everything that's in there. And then he writes your name in the book of life. And so whenever it happens, when you come and at the end of your life, when they look in the books first and they see there's nothing in there, then they go over to the book of life and they see your name. It's like, welcome to heaven. That's what happens on the day that you stand face to face before God. You won't be judged what's written in the books. You'll be judged by what's written in the book. So the big question that I have when I think about that is how in the world do I make sure that my name is in that book? And in John 3.16, in probably the most famous scripture in all the Bible, it says, it answers that question. It says, for God so loved you and me and the world that he gave his one and only son. That's what he did. That whoever, and here it is, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And if you look at that word believe in the original Greek, it means more than just believing in Jesus. More than just I cognitively believe in Jesus. It literally means to believe into Jesus. Meaning I fully trust. It's the same description as when you would sit down in a chair and you fully trust that that chair is going to hold you up. It's the same exact thing where I fully trust. I put my entire weight into the fact of what Jesus did. It's like sitting in a chair. So the question, number one, what did you do with Jesus? That's going to be on the test. But I told you, I just don't want to give you the questions. I want to give you the answers. And here's the right answer. On that day, you want to say, I believed in him. 
So what did you do with Jesus? I believed in him. Some of you need to do this today. Maybe you've never made that decision to believe into Jesus. And we're going to give you that opportunity at the end of this message. Maybe that's the decision you need to make today. So that's the first question on the test. And if you answer that question correctly, your name gets written in the book of life and you go to heaven. And then and only then will you get asked the second question. You'll only get asked the second question if you answer the first one correctly. And here's question number two. What did you do with what I gave you? That's the second question on the test. What did you do with what I gave you? The theological term for that is the judgment seat of Christ. And see, the first question, it determines where you spend eternity. But this question determines how you spend eternity. Let me show you a few verses that describe this one, this question. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us. The, the New Living Translation, it says, we will, we will each receive whatever we deserve for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 says, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. And then Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, Jesus talking, he says, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. And maybe you hear those verses or maybe you've read them before. And I know for me, I've wrestled with that. Like, what does this mean? Because I know the theme of the Bible. And if you've been hanging out here, you hear over and over. And we tell you every single week that you cannot earn grace. You can only receive grace. And that you can't work hard enough, you can't go to church enough, you can't give enough money to the legacy offering, that you can't serve enough on the dream team, you can't read your Bible enough and do your spiritual disciplines enough and pray enough and help enough old ladies across the street enough that no matter what, there's nothing that you can do to be able to earn your salvation. So what are these verses doing in here? Because that feels like there's some tension behind that. Because which one is true? I, like, I, it's hard for me to really wrap my mind around that sometimes. Because I, I, I know that I can't earn my salvation, but then you throw these verses on us. So which one is it? Is it grace? Or is it works? Is it belief? Or is it behavior? Here's my answer. Yes. It's both. It's both. Let me put it this way. That your belief, it determines where you spend eternity. But your behavior, it matters too. Because that determines how you spend eternity. See, your belief, the fact that I believed into Jesus, I made a choice to receive the grace that is given to me. That is all you need to be able to get into heaven. But the Bible says it's your behavior. It matters because how you experience that will be determined by that. Now, I, I, I don't really know what that means or what that looks like, but all I know is that I'm in whatever that is. And God says this. He says, I've given you a lot. 
when you look at our lives, I'm telling you, we are blessed. I know it's 2020. I know it's a pandemic. I know that we're going through some hard things. Maybe you've had hard job situations. Maybe you've had hard relational. I'm telling you, everything bad right now is up. I'm telling you, depression's up, divorce's up, that uh, addiction is up, overdoses are up, all the things that are bad right now are up. So I'm telling you, I know that that's real. And I know that many of you maybe have experienced that. But I do want you to know that we are blessed. And we are blessed to be a blessing. And God says, I've given you so much. He says, I've given you time that we're not promised. That he's given us time. And it may just be this long, but he's given us to it as a gift. And he says, I've given you this. It may seem like a vapor as compared to the rest of eternity, but I've given you this gift called time. I've woken you up today. There's air in our lungs. Our heart is beating today. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a gift. The Bible says that he's given us the gift of time. But it also says that he's given us talents. That he's put some things on the inside of us. That he's given us gifts and abilities and things that we're great at and things that help other people and things that when we use it for God, it makes the biggest difference in the world. And God says, I put that on the inside of you. I gave you, I gave you talents. I've given you so much. I've given you time. I've given you talents. And then he says, you know what? I've also given you a lot of treasure. Some of you are like, no, I don't. Look at my bank account. No, I'm telling you, God's given you so much more than what we could possibly imagine. And whatever you have, I want you to understand, regardless if there's a bunch of zeros or none, God's given it to you. And God says, I've done that. Not so that you can use it all for you, so that you can use it to help other people. Like, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the time? the talents, the treasure that I gave you. What did I do? Like, what did you do with that? And so when you think about that, and you think about how that can be used, it can leave a legacy. So question number two that he'll ask, what did you do with what I gave you? And here's the answer that you want to be able to say, I gave my life away. I didn't live with a closed fist but I lived with an open fist and I freely gave my time. I freely gave my talents to others. I freely gave my treasure to others. I gave my life away, that I lived my life in such a way where my life was not all about my life. And what I know is that in a year like this, because I felt it, it's been so easy to look inward. It's been so easy when everything gets hard and more orders come down from the, from the government. And what does that mean? And shutdowns. It's been so easy to just look on the inside and just worry about what's in my bubble and to be able to say, okay, I just, it's been so easy for me to be selfish. But God says, you want to leave a lasting legacy even right now? Guess what you can do? Give your life away. Find ways to give your life away. Find ways to be able to, to make a difference in the lives of other people. Jesus says it like this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. If you cling to your life, if you hold on to it, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for me, guess what? You'll find it. So write this down as we end today. I believe with all my heart that when we give our lives away, this world will never be the same. I believe it with all my heart. When we give our lives away, the world will never be the same. That's what the series is gonna be about the next two weeks. When we give our lives away, the world will never be the same. And that is how we leave a legacy. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Wherever you're at right now, if you're at your home, if you're watching later on YouTube, whatever the case is, wherever you are right now, pause everything. Have no distractions around you. And just simply ask God this right where you're at. Say, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking to me? Not what are you saying to somebody else? Not what did I say? But what is God speaking to you right now? Ask him this, what does my response need to be to this message? Maybe ask him this, what would it look like? What would it look like for me to give my life away over the next month? Even in the middle of everything that's happening in our world, how can I make a difference? God, will you show me that? Will you show me how I can use the things that you've given me to make a difference? How I can give my life away? But maybe you're here and we have to address that first question because maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never made the decision to believe into Jesus. You've never received the free gift of grace. And right now you find yourself so far from God and you just need a fresh start. Maybe you've never made that decision or maybe you have in the past but you feel so far from God and you just need to come back to him. Listen, it would be a tragedy for you to pay for your own sins because they've already been paid for. Here's the good news. Everything can change. You can be confident when that first question comes right now. You can make the choice right now to believe into Jesus. And if you wanna do that, I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer And if you want to be included in that prayer, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to start or restart a relationship with him, if you want to believe into him and give him your life, just simply right where you're at, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you live inside me? Will you change me? Will you do what I can't do, no matter how hard I try? And will you make me brand new and change me? God, right now, I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. Just tell them that right where you're at. I give you my life. And today, I believe into you. I put my full weight. I fully trust. I go all in with you. And I choose to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. 
If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com. 